0: The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Hello, hi, welcome. For those of you that don't know me, strap in. And for those of you that believe that you know me, also strap in. But let me start by reintroducing myself to you all. Obviously, my name is Sophie, but what you may not know about me are the things that actually make me, me. Throughout this podcast, I really want you to get to know the real raw and authentic me. I feel like on social media, there's only so much that we're able to actually articulate or provide within a caption. Instagram itself is a tiny snippet of my life, and I feel like the hard topics are often the ones that need a lot more space. And I very much feel that this podcast will be just that. The entire concept for this podcast is to be able to have the conversations that I'm having with my girlfriends and my family and my relationships and within my business where I wish you were all flies on the wall. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to discuss everything from Yoni mapping to budgeting to managing business all the way through to the kids, my private life, going through a separation in the public eye. I want to be able to grab my girlfriends, have a chat Talk about all the things that you really want to know and that you wish that we were talking about in a really open way. I want to educate you guys on different modalities that I'm trying or ways of thinking and really help you to never feel alone. Throughout this podcast, I 100% will be real, raw, honest and bring the topics that will help you live your best life. I'm also going to include regular segments, guest speakers, and discuss the hard-hitting topics that I think very few are willing to cover. I know that life is hard, and my goal is to be your right-hand wingwoman, your girl boss goddess, and supporting you to never feel alone. So with that, this is Flourish and Fulfilled with Sophie Gwitalin. I want to get into today's episode, which is going to start with a life update. Across my social media, I am often asked all of the personal questions and it's really overwhelming. So I thought that if I was able to direct everybody to one place to be able to listen to everything, it would be here. Now, throughout this podcast, what I'm going to do is every single episode, I'm going to start with my top three and my bottom three moments for each week. At the moment, I'm planning on doing this podcast weekly. So Obviously, I want to capture the entire week's best things and lessons that I learn. Typically, though, what I would do is do these top three and bottom three every day. So within the family, we sit down at dinner and every night the kids automatically know that I will ask them their top three and their bottom three. And what I found is that it's allowed the kids to be able to open up more in regards to how their day was at school because if you do have school-aged kids, I'm sure you would get the same response that I do. How is school? Uh, Good. And that's about it. When you do the top three and the bottom three, you learn so much more. So these insights are great for the moments of gratitude and also the hard lessons. If they can't think of three, really allow them to sit with it. And I promise you that over time, it'll come. So with that, top three for my week that has been. So this week we had International Women's Day and it was so incredible when I logged into social media and saw all of the amazing campaigns and messages and powerful women who were just inspiring and uplifting everybody around them. It was really, really beautiful to watch. My second one would probably be Face acupuncture, which is a bit of a weird one. Um, I started this, ooh, like two months ago, and for somebody that's very needle phobic, this has been incredible for my skin, um, the texture of my skin. So I know that some of the benefits of this are similar to that of like Botox. So it's really, really, really powerful. Uh, and my third top three is that my cycle went from being six weeks to four weeks, which is something that I've been working on for the last two years. Um, For those of you that don't really understand your menstrual cycles, a four week cycle is ideal because a six week cycle means your body is working in overdrive to produce progesterone. And so it kind of just is another um, beautiful indicator that my hormones are starting to level back out again after a really stressful couple of years. All right, on to the bottom threes. Okay, I always struggle when I have to do a weekly overview because I do these as daily. Um, My first bottom would be money and budgeting this week. School fees, um, so we're back to school and it's year seven and eight for the boys. And when I first started the boys in a private school, the school fees were not that bad. As in prep and you won, it wasn't a huge outlay. Now they're in year seven and eight and holy shit, it is a lot of money. So that's number one. Number two is that Honey, our little toy cavoodle puppy, is still a puppy. She's so hypo. She eats everything. She poos everywhere. Uh, She still is just in that puppy phase and I can't wait until it's a little bit more chill. Third one is washing. If you haven't already gotten the uniform hack that I would love every mum out there to embrace so that I don't feel like a weirdo of having one uniform every single day so that you only have to wash on weekends, that is my biggest piece of advice. I feel like I literally turn around and I have an entire bucket of laundry every single day. So yeah, washing is my bottom three for this week. So now that I've given you a little bit more insight into the week, let's get into it. Now today's topic is life update and I feel like it's been a little while since I really allowed myself publicly, I guess, to put it out there of everything that has been happening. So with that, I wanted to introduce myself all over again from scratch I know that I'm not the person that I was four years ago and I certainly wasn't the person I was 10 years ago when I first started in this industry or social media and I felt that I really need this podcast to be who I am right now and not a, like a perception of what people think I may be based on social media or if you started following me when I first um, got Instagram or my first comps, it's a, it's a lot different to who I am today. So I've learned a lot over the last five to 10 years and I failed really hard in so many areas and I've got so many lessons to reflect back on. I know that I've come on social media and cried my heart out and been brought to the ground quite a few times and every single day I'm still here showing up. So obviously I'm Sophie. I am a Pisces, a dreamer, I love love. I feel like I'm a forever romantic. I'm a goddess of flow who literally will be distracted by a butterfly in the middle of a talk, meeting, wherever I am. I believe that there is good in the world, even if past experiences have shown me anything but. And in more recent years, I've become certified in NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. I am a little bit of a study slut, so back to back I always have a course going, whether it's on relationships or codependency or attachment theory or delving deeper into NLP. I really just love working out why people tick and why we do what we do. So I want to take it back to the very beginning just for a little bit so that you can understand where I've come from, who I am, and I guess what's brought me to this point now. Now, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness in McLaren Vale in South Australia, which is a little bit of a country town. My parents have a winery and I feel like Adelaide will always be my home. When I hop off the plane, I always get that feeling and that sense of just home. Um, I don't know how else to describe it because I don't actually want to move back to Adelaide, but there's no feeling like being supported of being at home. All my family's there. A lot of my friends are still there. I know where all the coffee shops are, all the suburbs, and it's just a really beautiful feeling to feel like I'm grounded, I guess. Being up here, it's The weather is. There's nothing quite like it. So it's definitely not that I'm wanting to move back to Adelaide. My friends often describe me as the most unique person that they've come across, um, only because I chase my highest core value of freedom. So I rarely say no to opportunities, and it always leads me to incredible places. However, I risk hard in that process, which usually means that those that risk hard fall hard. So. Life is a constant battle of trying to allow myself to live out my freedom while making sure that I'm still choosing wisely and making grounded choices. I certainly believe that there's always someone or something watching over me, and whether you call that faith, God, or angels, or intuition, or whatever you believe that it may be, I definitely feel like there is some sort of aura that has always got my back, like. I don't know, gold dust, like unicorn, something has me always. And I, I don't know what that is. And I don't necessarily believe that I need to label that. But for me, I always have the faith that it's going to be okay. Uh, growing up, I have my car license, boat license, motorbike license, and forklift tickets, just for good measure. And yet still, If I had a flat tire, I would call the NRMA and definitely not change it myself. So even though my dad made sure that we had everything covered, I still wouldn't utilize that. I have two older brothers and I'm typically a boy's girl, um, which is interesting when I say that because I'm quite girly girly in the way that I dress. I love adventure and I love doing and I hate sitting still. Uh, what other random facts? OK, I was married at 17, which a lot of people are super surprised at. Um, however, growing up, that's kind of just so many of my friends were married within the same age bracket as myself. Um, I actually had a medical breast reduction, so m- by the time I was 14, I had double D breasts and had a medical breast reduction because I have scoliosis. And I feel that's such an important thing because so many people stereotype that I had my boobs done because I wanted bigger boobs, which is definitely not the case. I had Kai, my first son at 18 and I was homeschooled for high school. Um, being in the fitness industry, people assume that I've always been fit or into sport. And that is definitely not the case. I never actually even played sport growing up. I only stepped foot into a gym about 12 years ago when I first started in the fitness industry and making changes. So it's definitely not something that comes naturally to me. I hated the feeling of sweat or hard work and I've worked really goddamn hard to get where I am today. I've never accepted any handouts or Um, support to get where I am and to build the life I have and I'm really proud of that and something that I'm always encouraging other women to do is have that financial independence and be able to believe that they can build the life whatever that looks like for them. I've studied, I've worked two jobs and I've grinded really hard to seek out and to build the life that I have or thought that I wanted and within that, I realised really quickly that the life that I was chasing was the life that everyone else wanted me to have. So I moved to the Gold Coast and I owned my own home. I had my kids in private school. I was a published author. I was making seven figures and inside I was really struggling. So in 2018, my, that was my darkest year. I had really severe social anxiety and I feel like it was to a point of um, when I would go out in public people would know who I was and I didn't know them and I can't even explain how that feels unless you'd been in that situation of people knowing you, watching you and not saying anything. So I felt like every part of my life was on display Um, and not necessarily in a good way. I would go down to Woolworths to do my local shop and I would have people following me me around seeing what I was putting in my, my trolley. I really quickly became super isolated and I felt like a lot of my friends and family that were based in Adelaide only were so far away from me and the only people that I had up here were people who worked for me. And that was really, really hard because obviously their idea of success for me was the same as everybody else of me wanting to be bigger, chase more, get more, make more money. It's trying to have the perfect life that society deems as perfect. But inside, I was so out of alignment that it was that inner turmoil of like, Who do I actually want to be? What am I doing this for? I can't leave the house without people judging me. And it wasn't me. It's not what I wanted. I really quickly became such an anxious mess. And Um, after eight years of like not drinking anything, not even like a sip or a glass of champagne or nothing, started drinking to chase that feeling of not having responsibility. And I feel like it's such a big lesson because when we're living a life that is constantly in that fight or flight, juggle, 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 be more, do more, earn more, it's really hard to just be. So with that I started drinking more and more and more. I definitely wasn't an alcoholic, but I would drink to a point of not having that responsibility. And of course, alcohol is such a depressant. And I felt like I would drink, feel that high, go have a great night. And then for the week after, I would be absolutely bedridden and was in such a dark place. I cover this a lot deeper in my Flourish and Fulfilled book, um, it's actually not released to the public yet because I wanted that to be exclusive to my core students because it is such a vulnerable book and stage of my life. Um, however, I am putting that out there publicly some stage this year. So what really helped me to be able to pull my life back to alignment and what I actually wanted was unexpected for me. So it was NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And basically it is changing the behaviour patterns that you've already got hardwired in your brain and mindset. I learned a lot about behaviour patterns, trauma bonds in ourselves and our imprint years and attachment theory and codependency and why I am the way I am. And far out that has been the biggest like 3 years of learning growth and i feel like every single day i'm always having to relearn and try new things and also really make sure that i'm embodying the practices that make me who i am so i went from literally never wanting to be alone like ever and i think actually nathan and i in our marriage like we actually had a beautiful marriage but in the 8 years of marriage we, we spent like four nights apart. Never, ever, ever were we alone. And that was only in the like last six months of our marriage. And I really struggled to be alone. I couldn't sleep alone. I never wanted to be alone. Now, probably a little bit too far the other way, because I have this wall around me of just like, I want to sleep alone. I never want anyone in my space. Um, And while going through all of that, I learned my core values and I don't want to go too deep into core values through this life update because it's something that needs a lot more time than what I'm going to give it. But core values are actually uh, determined in our imprint years, which is before we're even seven years old. And I think that when we think about core values, we put these words out there that society wants us to be or do. And it may be like family or love or marriage or whatever you believe that society wants us to have as our core values. And when you actually go deeper, you realize and learn that your core values may not be what your brain is telling you society wants them to be. So I learned that my own core values, and this is in order, is freedom, connection, purpose and fun and when I realized that I was able to pull my life back to a state or an alignment of how I wanted to live that was actually me at the deepest of my core and so when I look at that it's, it's freedom and freedom in every sense. I never want to feel trapped or isolated within my career or my relationship or the way that I parent. I always seek out connection. I work with women and and people that are really, really deeply connected with me and I'm so blessed to have those connections within my life. Um, And so when I was able to look at those core values and see that that was who I am at my deepest core, it helped me to be able to align everything else within those core values. It makes a lot of sense when you go down that path and allow yourself to really look into your imprint years because it is who you are today and whether you're feeling trapped and restricted and you don't know why and you're projecting that onto perhaps your partner and it has nothing to do with them, you're able to reflect back and actually see that this is something that is from your childhood and how can you work on this to be better within your life. So by living my most aligned life, I simply keep asking myself, is this who I truly am? And it's been really, really amazing when I've done that because every single friendship I was able to reflect on. And for those of you that have got kids or have ever been around a child that has started eating food, we start them at one food at a time to see if there's any allergies or reactions. And essentially, that's what I did with my life. I blocked everybody out and started again from scratch. Um, As in, I would catch up with people in really small doses and see how my energy felt. I would be more aware and hyper aware of how people responded to me or treated me if I asserted a boundary, or I would actually sit and listen to the conversations that we were having and was it a friendship I valued and wanted within my life moving forward and it was really interesting because within a lot of my friendships I stepped back from 80% of the people that I was hanging around for so many different reasons but mostly because they weren't in alignment for me it doesn't mean that they are bad people. It doesn't mean that they're toxic. It simply means that it was out of alignment for where I am in my life right now. So I know that the whole friendships and boundaries and setting boundaries is a massive topic and also the fallouts of setting boundaries and asserting yourself within friendships. And I get that question so much. So that's a topic for another day. I was able to see the biggest area within my business and probably the biggest component that was missing and that was mindset. So within the health and fitness industry, I have women and they come to me and I can pretty much guarantee I will be able to get you results. Nutrition, training, I am able to help you with injuries and pregnancy and postpartum. And what would happen is I would help these women with nutrition and training and then they would turn around and they would binge at night and I was just like why you want this and it was that massive mindset that was missing within my program to be able to actually go deeper and help them understand that embodying the feeling of why they're searching for something may actually not be because of what they're thinking it is. So being able to include my mindset program, Flourish and Fulfilled, alongside the BOD has changed the way that I am within my business because it's given me that sense of purpose, which is, of course, one of my core values. I have shifted my business in such a beautiful direction and way that I'm so happy and excited. Um, Launching my course last year for the first time It was a sellout within three days and I still remember sitting on the beach just crying my eyes out because I was so happy that I was able to do something that I genuinely love doing whilst helping women and being able to still make money from it. I think there's a lot of money issues or um, beliefs that we have around making money and this allowed me to like completely change that Um, Thought process during the whole growth process of the last two or three years, learning to say no and express boundaries. A funny or not so funny story um, when working with a coach was: I had no boundaries, as in I I couldn't say no to anybody. I was a people pleaser, and that's like a massive sign of being really codependent. And I. Being married from the age of 17 have always put everyone above myself. I was a mum at the age of 18, and everything that I've ever done has been for someone else. And I think that that just instinctively happens when we become a mum. And he said to me, "I'm going to give you homework, and I don't want you to come back until you've done this." And I was like, "All right, cool. so I'll see him next week. That'd be fine." It took me seven months to complete this homework. Now, when I tell you what it is, you're going to literally be like, what the hell, Sophie? So I had to go in and get a massage every single week and tell the masseuse that the pressure was too light or too firm. Either way, anything. I just had to say something, something that I wasn't okay with, whether it was too firm, too soft, right? Sounds really easy. Seven months every single week. And I'd sit in the car and I'd psych myself up and I'd literally be like, today's the day. Today's the day you're going to be able to say what you want. It's going to be okay. And I couldn't do it. I literally couldn't do it. I don't know. I don't know why or what had happened, but I couldn't actually say that I was unhappy because I was so scared of hurting someone else. And in that process, I really lost my own self-worth because I was putting everyone, even the bloody masseuse who I'd never met, who I would never see the following week. It was a different person every week. I couldn't even tell them that for my own self-worth. So I very quickly learned that most of the people in my world were sucking the life out of me. Now, I do just want to really reiterate here once again that it's not necessarily because they were bad people. It was simply that it was my pattern of overgiving and then holding on to resentment. So I would attract in and the pattern that I would have is that I would attract in people that needed helping or fixing and I would give and give and give and give and give and and then I would be like, why don't they help me? But because I had already set up this pattern of give, 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 it was never going to be anything different unless I changed it. So when I stopped giving, 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 magic started happening for me. A lot of people in that process dropped off. And when I say that, it was huge. I, I Within a matter of a week, I had like seven people who I thought were really close to me, completely either blindside me with really um, different things or just stop returning my calls and it was literally within a week that life just happened for me and I could see through and now when I reflect back I'm able to see hey that was actually my pattern of overgiving and when I started saying no and standing into my power and stepping into who I'm here to actually be that they were like oh well if you're not going to do anything for us I don't want to be here anymore I learned to step into my shadows and where I'm still holding shame or expressing judgment, I worked through it. There's so many different modalities and ways that I will definitely touch on in future episodes. But some of those things that I was able to experience were yoni mapping and being able to release sexual shame or trauma, insecurities and breath work and releasing things that I didn't even know were there within all of this, this was a huge life overhaul. Um, I know that some people refer to it as like a midlife crisis, but for me, it was just simply becoming who I am. And I think that that was mostly due to the fact I grew up very quick. I was married at 17 and I never really knew who I was. Um, During this two to three years, Nathan and I decided to separate. And being in the public eye, and having us break up two or three times publicly was very hard. Um, I'm going to try really hard not to cry. So I'm literally just like sucking back tears, but receiving DMs and having to field questions every single day. And when I say that I'm talking like 6,000 DMs a day in regards to whether Nathan cheated on me, whether I cheated on him, whether there was physical abuse, um, what it was, whether there was this massive big thing or issue that had happened or event, and everybody wanted to know what it was. And I think that was the hardest part because there wasn't a massive thing. There wasn't anything like that. And for those of you that well, actually, most of you don't know Nathan. Very few people know him. But it was even harder because I dragged him through all of that as well. And he's somebody who doesn't ever want to be on social media. And yeah, not not great for him either. Um, across that as well, he was receiving people messaging him and screenshots. And every time now, and this has been now two or three years, he still receives photos and captions and songs that I post directly to him that people think it's about him directly. It's never about Nathan and I would never, ever post about Nathan online. Um, I have the most beautiful relationship with him and I'm so thankful for the eight years that we spent married together. And yeah, so moving forward, what we kind of do is we fluid parent and I don't even know if this is a term, but this is what we're calling it. Fluid parenting, flow parenting. Um, But for us, it's basically doing what's best for the kids as our priority. They're in a flow state. They come, they go between houses. We hang out with the kids daily. We intentionally parent. We make choices together. We send each other photos when we don't have the kids. There's no ickiness or bitterness, or there's no sense of he's got the kids 60% and I've got them 40. And I speak to so many couples out there who have gone through a separation or a breakup where kids are involved. And it breaks my heart for those poor kids that they're used as essentially pawns and being used as tit for tat, or you got to see them for three hours extra on this night. So I get them for three hours extra. It should never be about the fact that the parents are fighting over their egos. It should be about what's best for the kids. Um, And so I think right now that's what's best for us. Um, And I think that it's really, really, really hard going through a separation um, in the public eye. And I think that trying to date in the public eye is even harder because even a couple of weeks back, I caught up with one of my friends, Matt, MJ, and We've been friends since I was 14, and I've posted photos of him m- maybe every month for the last 10 years. But because at the moment everybody is just hanging for me to announce or some sort of gossip or anything at the moment in regards to my dating life, they, there were 66,000 people that went to his profile thinking that he was my new boyfriend. Um, and I can't even imagine how that is going to be in the future. Um, and the reason I say that is there was so many nasty comments that were sent to him from people who thought that we were dating, people that I've never met before. And as I mentioned previously, like I keep my circles so bloody tight. So at any given time, I work on the five rule if I only have energy to be able to give myself 100% to five people. And so whenever somebody messages my friends in a nasty way or tells them something about me, I'm like, they don't even know me. Um, I guess this is just another way of being able to reintroduce who I'm actually here to be and what I'm about. Because if it was four years ago, it's not the person I am today. So really, really, really scary and hard, I guess, um, somewhat being in the public eye, I cannot fathom how it would be to be a celebrity and trying to Date or even catch up with friends. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really, really, really hard um, going through this two to three years with Nathan and I trying to learn what our journeys are and how we work through it whilst having a somewhat public figure. Um, am I saying that Nathan and I will never get back together? No, I'm never going to ever say that anything is one hundred percent in any part of my life. I definitely don't want people to be like, Oh, accusing us of whatever it is or putting it out there. I know that when we first broke up, a lot of people had said that it was a publicity stunt. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Are you fucking kidding? Like, how could we do that to our children? No one would do that to their children. Like, he has his own house. He has done for the last year. Like, I just don't know anybody that would do that for publicity. So definitely not in any way, shape or form a publicity stunt. Um, but yeah, for now that's, that's it. We don't live together. We haven't lived together for a year. Um, we definitely hang out. We have, um, the same parenting philosophies and we, yeah, we catch up often, but for right now, I'm kind of just learning more about myself each and every day, being able to set boundaries and be assertive of my own wants and needs and desires and, I don't know. I guess this podcast may be your partner's worst nightmare because my entire aim and goal is to make you unbreakable alone. I want you to question why you're in your relationship. I want you to analyze your life and I want you to be so fucking happy that you literally wake up every day excited to go to work and feel like you're living in alignment. And if you're not, then I'm hoping that this speaks volumes to you because that's not how you have to live. Um, I know that I, for one, have definitely spent my whole damn life fighting to love myself and I'm definitely not sorry if that intimidates you because in a world that's tearing women down, I'm over here still loving me for everything, warts and all. I've learned that there's definitely beauty and vulnerability and I hope that if it aligns with you, that you welcome me with open arms and if not, that you're able to leave with grace also. So with that, I am Sophie Gwitalin and I hope that you love this podcast and that it's just me through and through. Those of you that have followed my social channels know that I'm an avid reader. And so I feel like it's only fitting that weekly I'll include a snippet of what I'm reading. Now this week, the book that I am reading is called Me First. How bloody timely. I actually didn't even realize that. Um, But it's actually a almost journal type book. It has an intro first of how we lose ourselves and asserting boundaries and then it has some little tasks in the back. So it's actually a really, really beautiful book to read. Now, throughout this podcast, I want to encourage you all that this is not just a me talking to you. I want this to be a two ended street and I want you to be able to get involved and call in. So what we've done is we've set up a cooler hotline and just a little reminder that if you do want to leave me a question, a topic or even some feedback that if you don't want your name to be recorded, simply leave it out. The telephone number for this is 0756 496851. Don't forget as well guys, I have set up a closed Facebook group, Flourish and Fulfilled and the Instagram channel to continue the conversation there. I hope that you've enjoyed today's little life update. Sorry if I got a little bit teary. And if you did enjoy it, please make sure that you subscribe to future episodes. As always, If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave a review and rate as well. Thanks, guys.